is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We have... Uh, some real problems with some of our uh, institutions in this country. You know, I'm listening to the media and the Democrats go on about the divisions within the Republican Party and so forth and so on. And we will survive those divisions. But there are certain things that we may not survive when our institutions are under attack or they're rotting from within. I want to talk about two of them right now. The FBI... And by this, I mean senior management at the FBI and the media. We have a number of incredibly outrageous and dangerous scandals that have taken place. And these scandals were given birth during the prior administration. I can't think of a single rational reason, not a single justification for the Obama administration, for Hillary Clinton, for Eric Holder and their surrogates agreeing to convey 20% of our uranium, control over 20% of our uranium to the Russians. I can't think of any, any rational basis for that, period. 145 million dollars from Russia front operations and others winds up at the Clinton Library and Foundation. Around the same time. Not two years before. Not three years after. Clinton gives a half a million dollar speech in Russia. Around the same time. 20% interest in our uranium is conveyed to the Russians. And the media believe this is a distraction. It's no big deal. The FBI, under Robert Mueller, the now special counsel investigating Russia collusion was absolutely well aware of this and related criminality involving bribes and payoffs and so forth and so on, as reported by John Solomon and others, to a Russian who was allowed into the United States on a temporary visa, the visa was extended, where he was making all these payments, conducting all this criminal conduct for the purpose of empowering and allowing the Russian government Putin, to influence, control aspects of our uranium production and transportation, as well as sales of uranium within our own borders. Mr. Mueller was well aware of this, and Mr. Mueller, despite all the hearings in Congress, 
behind closed doors and in front of the cameras, never told Congress. The U.S. attorney who prosecuted this Russian was the U.S. attorney for the state of Maryland. He never told Congress. His name is Robert Rosenstein. He's the current Deputy Attorney General of the United States who is overseeing Russian investigations writ large because the Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, recused himself. Rosenstein, as you know, would later appoint Mueller as special counsel for so-called Russian collusion and so forth and so on. None of this bothers the media. None of it. I explained yesterday about this dossier, the leak to the Washington Post, and I explained that we had House Intelligence Committee Chairman Devin Nunes to thank for the revelation of this information that the Clinton campaign and the DNC funded, funded Fusion GPS through its straw man, a well-known Democrat hack by the name of Mark Elias, because it's Mr. Nunes who won't be deterred. It's Mr. Nunes's committee who's brought a lawsuit against Fusion GPS to reveal its bank accounts so you can determine what money came in and what money went out and when it came in and when it went out and who put it in and who took it out. And so this leak to the Washington Post was a strategic leak by somebody with knowledge on behalf of Fusion GPS, the Clinton campaign, and or the DNC. And the way the Washington Post wrote it up, as I explained last night, was to reveal things with one hand and then with the other hand to make excuses for Elias, for the Clinton campaign, for the DNC, and so forth. The FBI, the FBI, the same FBI, spoke to and met with the British spy, the ex-British spy, who used, among others, Kremlin, Kremlin sources to construct this dossier. He provided a copy of the dossier to the FBI. What for? What for? He was on the payroll of Fusion GPS, which was an organization that had at its purpose Elias, Clinton, the DNC, to destroy Donald Trump. They sought to criminalize the events surrounding Donald Trump in order to neutralize his campaign. To ensure that Hillary Clinton would be elected president of the United States. Why else would they do it? What did the FBI do with this information? We don't know everything the FBI has done with this information because the FBI won't tell the Senate Judiciary Committee, or the House Intelligence Committee. The FBI is stonewalling. The FBI is covering up. And it refuses to comply with information requests from members of Congress and their committees. Under Mr. Mueller, under Mr. Comey, and perhaps under Mr. Ray, 
The FBI has become a rogue operation. Again, I'm not talking about the hardworking men and women of the FBI. I'm talking about the senior leadership. Then we have Mr. Comey. He pulled a fast one on the American people, didn't he? Hillary Clinton believes he cost her the election. No, she doesn't. She owes Mr. Comey a great deal. Because when Mr. Comey held his summertime press conference, he said things he knew he was going to say two months before. He rewrote the espionage statute to ensure that the FBI would not recommend charges. From gross negligence in the revelation of classified information to specific intent, on his own, he unilaterally rewrote the espionage statute, the law. Moreover, he unilaterally decided that he would kill that case right there and then at that press conference and never give any prosecutor an opportunity to make that decision. Mr. Comey was doing Hillary Clinton's dirty work. He was doing the Democrat Party's dirty work. Just as Mr. Mueller was doing the Democrat Party and the Obama administration's dirty work by keeping this whole uranium matter secret from Congress. There was a meeting at the Phoenix airport between Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton on the tarmac. You're well aware of it. It's an infamous meeting. Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch got their story straight. It happened to be a lie that they discussed golf and their grandchildren. Odd place to do it, don't you think, ladies and gentlemen? The FBI said under James Comey that he didn't have any documentation whatsoever. Nothing. No documents. It was a lie. The FBI did have documents. And they finally released them to Congress, but they were heavily, heavily redacted, meaning blacked out. If you're talking about golf and your grandchildren, why would they be heavily redacted? Why was this information withheld? We know that Mr. Comey was a leaker. Mr. Comey was a leaker. He used straw men and front uh, individuals, like his buddy from Columbia Law School, to leak to the New York Times. Obviously, it's not the first time Mr. Comey has leaked, is it? Mr. Comey took a summary of that dossier, the dossier, and met with Donald Trump one-on-one when Trump was president-elect. He says to inform Donald Trump about the dossier. Donald Trump later says, no, I now believe he showed me that as a threat. And I believe Donald Trump is right, now that we know what we know. Now that we know what we know. And this Mr. Steele, this British ex-spy, with his Kremlin contacts, Mr. Steele, the FBI was so impressed with him that they were prepared to give him $50,000 to continue his investigation. Only when his name was revealed publicly did the FBI pull back. Why did the FBI do that? Who in the FBI made the decision to work with Mr. Steele? Who felt he was credible? The FBI won't tell us. They're in cover-up mode. Mr. Mueller and company over at the Department of Justice 
silenced a whistleblower. A whistleblower, a man, a man represented by Victoria Tonsing right now, a wonderful lawyer who served in the Reagan administration Justice Department. Her spouse is a wonderful lawyer, former U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia, Joe DeGeneva. Her client is a whistleblower. Her client is a witness, an eyewitness to what took place respecting aspects of this uranium deal. So why would the FBI have this man sign a non-disclosure agreement? And why are they so slow to release him from the non-disclosure agreement? Why is there a gag order on this man? Why can't he talk to members of Congress? Because it's a cover-up, that's why. Who was assisted by all this activity? FBI goes to the FISA court in September in front of the FISA judge. She's a district court judge, but she also serves as the FISA court judge for now. And they make application for a warrant. Was this application for a warrant based in part or whole on the dossier? FBI won't tell us. The opposition research against Donald Trump. Was it based on that? They won't tell us. Why won't they tell us? Matter of fact, why won't they release the application? So furious was this FISA court judge about what the FBI did to acquire the warrant and its exercise of the warrant once it received it that she took the unprecedented step of writing an admonition against the FBI and those who were involved in the FISA court. Moreover, related to that, or maybe not, is the matter of surveillance, domestic surveillance, in which individuals, American citizens, including and particularly members of Trump world, were unmasked, were unmasked, By Samantha Power, perhaps. By Susan Rice, perhaps. By Ben Rhodes, perhaps. And others. All during the course of this entire multiple scandal environment. Endless leaks. All of them. Virtually all of them intended to hurt candidate Trump, president-elect Trump, and President Trump. Family members, staffers. And then, of course, there's the career deputy director of the FBI, the number two, McCabe. Who is he? McCabe's wife is a liberal Democrat who ran for the state senate in the Commonwealth of Virginia and received over half a million dollars in campaign support from the governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, former bagman for the Clintons. All right, I want to comment on this further when we return. Mark in.
Well, there's no easy answer, of course. But there are things we can do. There is time, ladies and gentlemen, for a select committee of Congress to aggressively investigate the FBI's activities in the prior administration. The problem is Mitch McConnell doesn't even talk about these things. He's too busy fighting conservatives. And I don't know if Paul Ryan's up to the task either. Needs to be a special select committee of the United States Congress to aggressively investigate FBI activities during the Obama administration. To investigate Mr. Mueller. To investigate Mr. Comey. To investigate Mr. Rosenstein. To investigate Mr. McCabe. We have these intelligence committees that have been investigating Trump and calling in his former staffers and all. This committee needs to also investigate the Clinton campaign. They need to investigate the DNC. They also need to bring Mark Elias, the middleman, the bag man. They need to bring him in front of the committee, and they need to get to the bottom of this, and they need to fix the FBI. I feel bad for all the men and women in the rank and file of the FBI having to deal with this awful, awful failed leadership over the last 10 years. But that's the way it is. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. Let's talk about Trump and Russia. Trump didn't give 20% of America's uranium to the Russians. Trump's campaign didn't hire a lawyer, who in turn hired a firm, which in turn hired a an ex-British spy who used Kremlin smears against Hillary. No. Hillary's people did that, and they used them against Trump. And then fed the information to the FBI and somehow fed the information to the media. Nobody in the Trump campaign was unmasking American citizens and leaking their names to the media, were they? Over and over again, I hear people like Corker and Flake and Don Lemon and Brian Stetzler and the morning schmo and Mr. Schmo go on and on about Trump's fascistic tendencies about the fact that he's unstable and all the rest. He didn't do any of this. Why do Corker and Flake and Stetzler and Lemon and the Schmoes give a pass to the people who did do it? Who did do it? I'm reminded of the attacks on Donald Trump Jr. and others who dared to meet with a Russian lawyer, among other Russians, because they thought they might get information about Hillary Clinton's campaign. Turns out they didn't get any information about Hillary Clinton's campaign. None. Kushner was in the meeting, too, among others. And they left. Because it was really an effort by the Russian government and its surrogates 
to get the Menginsky Act repealed, which I'm not going to get into right now. We've talked about it before. You would have thought Donald Trump Jr. gave 20% of America's uranium to Vladimir Putin. The noise was so loud. And yet the, the big lib media is all but silent. And when they're not silent about this, they're mocking those who raise it. I started the show tonight, and what did I say? There's two institutions that are rotting from within, that are failing us. The FBI, and particularly the senior level of the FBI, and the media. The media. The media like to talk about free speech. media don't believe in free speech. They don't believe in press freedom. They believe in imposing their views on the rest of us. It's groupthink, the Praetorian Guard, progressive media, and their groupthink. Tell me, is Don Lemon a journalist? Is Jake Tapper, who's in a Twitter fight with Bill O'Reilly, is he a journalist? Is the morning schmo a journalist? Well, who are the journalists exactly on these cable shows, on these cable networks? Who are they? Wolf Blitzer? He's a hack. Where are the journalists? Freedom of the press. You and I revere the Constitution. You and I revere the Bill of Rights. You and I revere the First Amendment. These phony journalists don't revere it at all. They abuse it. They abuse it. They have no interest in reporting the news. Most of them have become propagandists. Propagandists. Most of them haven't uncovered anything that I've just described to you. We have the politicization of the senior ranks of the FBI and the politicization of the media. All in the same direction. The left. The Democrat Party. So much of this occurred under the stewardship of Barack Milhouse Benito Obama. His name never comes up. Ever. Never. Bob Corker doesn't bring up Obama. Jeff Flake doesn't bring up Obama. John McCain doesn't bring up Obama. Where are these men? McCain heads the Armed Services Committee. Is he interested in any of this? Apparently not. Oh, he wanted to get to the bottom of the Trump world Russian collusion. I guess he's gotten to the bottom of it. But when it comes to the Hillary DNC collusion, when it comes to Mr. Mueller and the uranium scandal, where's John McCain? Where's Bob Corker? Where's Mitch McConnell? Nowhere. And, of course, where are the media? The media are devilish. Either ignore a subject, downplay a subject, or they attack those who dare to raise it. Who dare to raise it. But at least they're completely out of the closet now. They are completely out of the closet. So I return to my point. We need a select committee of Congress to aggressively investigate the FBI activities during the Obama years. This particular FISA warrant that they got, Mr. Comey's activities, because Mueller's not going to investigate Comey's activities, Rosenstein, the Deputy Attorney General who appointed Mueller, we got a, a three-man 
uh, circle uh, fest here. Mueller, Comey, and Rosenstein. The three Musketeers. The three Stooges. No, but their reputations. Reputations for what? For what? So this is the situation. And here was the attack on Donald Trump Jr. Because of his willingness to accept dirt in a meeting about uh, from the Russians indirectly. No dirt was received. And yet we have this dossier. Which apparently isn't a big deal to these very same people. Mr. Producer put together a short montage. Cut one on Mr. Uh, on Donald Trump Jr. The attacks. Cut one. Go. We can also say that Donald Trump Jr. Um, what he did was a threat to our democracy and borderline treason. We're now beyond obstruction of justice in terms of what's being investigated. This is moving into perjury, false statements, uh, and even into potentially treason. Having the meeting, showing and again signaling. The Trump campaign is open for business. We will accept information no matter how it is obtained, legally or illegally. And that is potentially a violation of the Espionage Act. Yes, treason. Uh, does that mean that Paul Manafort, Jared Kushner uh, are bordering on treason as well, as uh, along with Don Jr.? And then also uh, that Michael Flynn is bordering on treason and that the president himself is bordering on treason because all of them have sought out damaging information when it, uh, about Hillary Clinton from the Russias, from Russians. Uh, there's outright treason. I mean, there is no question uh, that what he is doing is giving aid and comfort to the enemy. How about that? And what about the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC and Mark Elias, their uh, bagman, the middleman? What about Fusion GPS? What about those today on TV and radio who are defending this? What about Hillary Clinton's campaign spokesman on CNN today, Brian Fallon? Cut four, go. Just to be clear, Brian, uh, you have said previously in the last 24 hours, you don't believe Hillary Clinton knew about this either. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I, I, don't haven't, know. Asked. I okay. haven't spoken if, to her. No. Okay. okay. Stop. Thank so here's the spokes idiot for Hillary Clinton. I don't know uh, what Hillary knew, what he didn't ask her. Is this a joke? Go ahead. Fine. Yeah. Um, Shouldn't shouldn't she know? Shouldn't you, someone so high up in the campaign, be informed of this? Well, I mean, she may have known, but uh, the degree of exactly what she knew is 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 beyond my knowledge. For instance, like it could have been that uh, a decision was made to authorize Perkins Coie to do some kind of commission, some kind of research, but then decisions about uh, you know going out and finding Fusion GPS, finding Christopher Steele. I mean, she may or may not have been aware of that level of detail. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think it's important to remember that, A, opposition research happens all the time in campaigns. Oh, isn't that something? Opposition research happens all the time in campaigns. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Clinton campaign and the DNC use Mark Elias, a well-known Democrat hack. In fact, he was general counsel, as I understand it, of the Clinton campaign, to contact Fusion GPS in April of 2016. In turn, Fusion GPS contacts Christopher Steele, this ex-British spy. They didn't contact Christopher Steele when this anonymous Republican donor 
was putting up money for actual opposition research. No. It's only after the Clinton campaign, follow me, the DNC and Mark Elias got involved that Fusion GPS hired the British ex-spy, but then did his dirty work with the Kremlin in order to take out politically Donald Trump. Mr. Fallon says, what's the big deal? It's opposition research. And yet, when Donald Trump Jr. went to a meeting that proved to be completely useless, it was merely his intention to acquire Information about Hillary Clinton and her campaign, potentially from the Russians. That was treason. That was treason, says Senator Tim Kaine. That was treason, says Senator Richard Blumenthal. That was treason, says CNN's Bakari Sellers, says Katie Turr of MSNBC, says Nick Ackerman, former Watergate prosecutor. But when in fact the Clinton campaign and the DNC and Mark Elias hires this group that hires the ex-spy that gets information from, among others, the Kremlin smears on Trump, which they write up in a dossier, which they give to the FBI, and the FBI uses, which they somebody pushes out to the media. That's not treason, ladies and gentlemen. That is opposition research. And the media agree. The media agree. No big deal. Donald Trump Jr., day in and day out, day in and day out. That poor kid, oh, my God, what did he do? Look what he did. Kushner, same thing. Oh, what did he do? What did... Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton, I don't know what she knew. Doesn't matter what she knew. The hell. No big deal. No big deal. This entire Russian collusion sham that's gone on for ten months that has been pushed by the Democrat Party, that's been pushed by Hillary Clinton and her surrogates, that's been pushed by the Praetorian Guard progressive media, has been a sham from day one. But they got their special prosecutor. No statute, no relevant statute, they got their special prosecutor. That's what they wanted. To criminalize something that's non-existent. Because they know Mueller. They know what a hatchet man he is. They know what a ruthless, vile prosecutor he is. And he doesn't care about Russian collusion either. He wants a few Trump-related scalps. And he's going far afield in his investigation. Far afield. And he's hired some of the worst hatchet men and hatchet women, most of whom are liberal Democrats, who've donated in one form or another to Obama or the Clinton campaigns. He doesn't even care about the appearance of impropriety or radical partisanship. doesn't matter to Mueller. Now you have Mueller, the special counsel. Is Mueller going to invest Mueller? And why he covered up and covered up the uranium scandal for all those years and didn't tell members of Congress? Is Mueller going to investigate Mueller? Is Rosenstein going to investigate Mueller? Of course not. Rosenstein appointed him to be special counsel. We need a special select committee of Congress to look aggressively into the FBI's activities during the Obama years. It's politicization. 
and its use of its enormous law enforcement powers to advance politics and really to take out Donald Trump. That's my belief. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. folks checked out Captera yet? C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com. Captera dot com. You know, here's something I've realized. There's a software solution to just about every business need. And you can find yours at Captera dot com. Whether you're a startup looking to keep better track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a business that simply needs better payroll software, Captira's got you covered. Captira has over 400 categories of business software for you to choose from. Anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and tons more. Captira makes it easy to find what you're looking for. They have thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you, so you know which software you'll want to look at. Captira makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Best of all, using Captira... It's absolutely free. Captera connects you with the business software that will help you do what you do better. Whether you're a nonprofit or for-profit, a small business or a large business, a church, a synagogue, whatever, I really want you to check out Captera. Visit captera.com slash Levin today and join the millions of people who use Captera. That's Captera, just like it sounds phonetically, C-A-P. T-E-R-R-A, captira.com slash Levin. And by the way, that's L-E-V-I-N. captira.com slash Levin. President outside the White House today in his helicopter asked about this stuff with respect to this dossier. Cut three, go. The whole Russian thing is what it's turned out to be. Uh, this was the Democrats coming up with an excuse for losing an election. It's an election that's very hard for a Democrat to lose because the Electoral College is set in such a way that it's very hard to lose that for a Democrat. They lost it. They lost it very badly and very easily. I mean, you look at the votes. It was 306 to what, 223 or something. They lost it by a lot. They didn't know what to say, so they made up the whole Russia hoax. Now it's turning out that the hoax has turned around and you look at what's happened with Russia, and you look at the uranium deal, and you look at the fake dossier, so that's all turned around. And so why are so much of the big lib media not so much interested right now in Russia collusion when it ensnares the Democrat Party, the Clinton campaign, their favorite former FBI directors, And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? This Russia collusion with the liberals and the Democrats, it's devoured the media. These so-called journalists and reporters, these so-called hosts and guests, they've been pushing this Trump-Russia collusion narrative for almost a year. They've been lying to you and me. They've been spinning. They've been pushing myths. They've been pushing law enforcement into investigating it, pushing the intelligence agencies to investigate it. 
This has to be one of the biggest scams in modern American history. And under this big scam are these real, real scandals that involve the Democrats, the Clinton campaign, the upper echelon of the FBI, the upper echelon of the National Security Council with the unmasking under Obama, and on and on and on. What we see now under Obama is we had a government completely out of control, senior officials in law enforcement and intelligence agencies completely out of control, in some cases using their authority, abusing their authority for domestic political purposes. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. There's a little something that I wish to discuss in addition to everything we have discussed. But it's sort of under the radar. And I don't want it to be under the radar. I want it to be right there in front of you. And for you callers, we'll get to to you related to the subjects we discussed in the first hour. But um, in the Washington Times, Rowan Scarborough, a real journalist of many years, He points out that the Pentagon advocates requiring women to sign up for military draft. Now, a few decades back, this would have been a subject that was fiercely debated. Now it's all but ignored. But not by me. The Pentagon says the country should stick with mandatory registration for a military draft and, it's advocate, and it advocates a requirement for women to sign up for the first time in the nation's history. Has there been a national debate on this? What do they get away with this? The recommendations are contained in a Defense Department report to Congress that serves as a starting point for a commission examining military, national, and public service. Congress ordered the Pentagon report, and the Office of the Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness completed it in the early months of the Trump administration. Currently, only male citizens and residents aged 18 to 25 are required to register for a pace of about 2 million each year. Women, whom the government has never ordered to sign up, would add 11 million to the Selective Service System database in short order, the report says. President Carter restarted draft registration in 1980 as a message to Soviet leaders. Congress exempted women because they did not perform combat. But today, the report goes on, women fly combat aircraft, serve on combat ships, and are in the early stages of competing for direct ground combat jobs, such as infantry and special operations. It appears that for the most part, expanding registration for the draft to include women would enhance further the benefits presently associated With the selective service system, the Pentagon report states. A gender neutral registration, the report says, 
would convey the added benefit of promoting fairness and equity not previously possible in the process and would comport the military selective service system with our nation's touchstone values of fair and equitable treatment. Who is the left-wing kook that wrote this pablum? An equality and opportunity. Wow, how romantic is the draft. Congress came close last November to enacting a law that would require women to sign up. And by the way, you can thank John McCain for that. He pushed it. With Republican and Democratic backing, an amendment cleared the House Armed Services Committee, but Republican leaders scuttled the move and instead created a commission to conduct a two-year examination. I don't need a commission, do you? The Pentagon report titled, Report on the Purpose and Utility of Registration System for Military Selective Service, makes two other significant findings. First, there's no foreseeable reason to restart conscription to augment the 2.1 million all-volunteer active and reserve force. Second, the report says registration should stay because of a number of benefits and so forth. Now, I don't have a problem like some libertarians do with registration per se. The wrong time to build up registration in the selective service is once we're attacked. It's a little late. But I have a huge problem with women being in the draft. If women want to volunteer for positions and they qualify for positions, I have no problem with that to a point. To a point. I do not believe women should be in infantry, in combat infantry. I don't believe it. I don't support it. I don't believe in a draft for women. We've never believed in a draft for women. This is exactly, I think, what General Kelly meant when he said, you know, we used to revere our women. Instead of holding women up on a pedestal, like we should, they're just like anybody else. They should be in the draft, and it's only fair, and it's equitable. It's not about fairness and equity. This isn't some uh, social class in college, no. This is about what's in the best interest of society and what's in the best interest of the military. Now, I've heard it said, well, the Israelis, they have women in combat roles. This very same Rowan Scarborough, I told you was good, in 2015 addressed that. Israeli women's combat roles exaggerated, military traditionalists say. Military traditionalists, I guess I'm one of those, say women's combat roles in the Israeli Defense Forces are exaggerated by advocates in the U.S., noting as an example a recent IDF decision to keep Israeli women serving on main battle tanks. As the U.S. military prepares to open most, if not all, infantry, armor, and special operations units to women, activists often point to the IDF as an illustration of a military in which women are thriving in ground combat units. But a closer look shows Israeli women are not in direct combat special operations, such as the Green Beret, nor are they in front-line combat brigades mobilized to engage in direct heavy combat. In the infantry, virtually all of Israel's female combat soldiers are confined to two light battalions, the Karkal and the Lions of Jordan, which are assigned to guard the borders with Egypt and Jordan, the only Arab countries that have peace treaties with Israel. Uniformed Israeli women patrol the borders or help to train men for combat positions. But these important missions do not involve direct comp ground combat, meaning deliberate offensive action against the enemy, said Elaine Donnelly, who heads the Center for Military Readiness. 
Israeli women's assignments are far more restrictive than the roles envisioned by advocates in the U.S., who anticipate an American military that opens all ground combat units to women, be they Navy SEALs or Army Green Beret or the Marine Infantry or Army Brigade combat teams. All are employed to engage in tough, close in fighting for hours and days at a time. And it goes on. Let's see, the IDF studied the suggestion of women in tanks and rejected the idea based on physical shortcomings compared with men. Are we not allowed to admit that there are physical shortcomings compared to men, most men, to most women, particularly when it comes to the military? Are we not allowed to say as a society we do not want our mothers, our sisters, our daughters, our wives on front, on forward combat positions as a nation? We men don't want to do that? We don't support that? Are we not allowed to say that we know for a fact that uh, it will affect the ability to efficiently kill, attack, maim the other side when men may well be worried about women on the front lines? So I raise all this because I do not believe women should be compelled to participate in the draft. If there are positions for women in the military, and we know there are, then those shouldn't be dealt with as a matter of the draft. Those should be issues of voluntary choice. Can you imagine the disaster? I mean, as a father, I'm thinking of my daughter. I mean, are we serious about this? So the Boy Scouts is no longer the Boy Scouts. The men's room is now the ladies' room. We should draft women. This is a report that comes out from the Trump Pentagon, a proposal that was first pushed by the chairman of the Armed Services Committee, a Republican, John McCain. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I can't abide this. I can't support it. I know I'm going against the culture. I live in my own bubble. But I don't believe in radical egalitarianism. I don't believe we're equal in all things physically and mentally. We're equal under the law. We're equal when it comes to justice. But that's a completely different notion than the progressive notion of equality of this sort. Combat is hell. It's not time for a social experiment. I'd be curious to know what you think as well. I'll be right back. Mark in. Jump in, David, Seattle, Washington, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Oh, man, you all right, Mark? I'm lovely. And you, sir? Okay, guy. Uh, you know, I'm making it. You know how liberal this place is out here? <laughs> yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I've been there. But I tell you what, God bless the people east of the Cascades. It's two different states, Mark. It's uh, not my homeland. I grew up in Maine. It's a similar state. Up now, north, wait a minute. Totally so different. so you went from Maine to Seattle, Washington. Could there be two places that are further apart in the United States? Yeah, uh, yeah. long story. I won't, I won't bore you with it. But All right, don't. Go right ahead, sir. Anyway, first of all, my jaw, I'm, ha- I'm having to scrape it off the floor, and it's getting really tiresome because it's just 
an all-day event now. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I think I've been trying to find the root of the issue of all this nonsense from the corruption to now trying to put women in the draft. And I, I think, you know, it's either one of two things. Either these people are nihilists and their opinion, just their ideology is susceptible to having a vacuum of principles, so they just shift with the wind. Or B, uh, they are extreme ideologues and almost, um, in a metaphorical sense, worshiping a god of chaos, where their their whole thing, uh, their whole goal is to increase the heat and increase the pressure and turn that lead from gold as fast as they can in this extremist, progressive, less left wing, chaotic ideology to pr- produce some kind of Uberman, and it's it's. Just it's so obvious. Even where I live, people people are getting concerned of how creepy the Democratic Party is becoming. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the nonstop. You, you know where? What, I, can you tell me, sir? While I have you, what is the difference between the Democrat Party and the media? I mean, the ideological difference. Is that a is that a trick question? I mean, yes. I I, I can't. Point is, there's none. Correct. You can't really. You really can't find, you know, in the aggregate, an ideological difference between the media in this country and the Democrat Party in this country. No, no, zero. Isn't that rather, when you put it that way, isn't that kind of shocking? And then they pretend that they care about the First Amendment and freedom of the press. If they cared about freedom of the press, uh, they would be the press rather than the mouthpieces and the Praetorian Guard for one political party, wouldn't they? Well, absolutely. But, you know, I think, and I think we, but the positive thing, you know, I want to end on a positive note and just get your, I'll, you know, hang up and let you comment. Um, You know, I think the positive part here is that really as consumers of media, we hold all the power. Um, Like we've all, we're already seeing with football. Listen, I know even where I am, when you see breaking news on CNN, it's hard to, you know, they love covering all the disasters. Turn that crap off. Turn it to a different channel. Turn it off. But, you know, read a book. You know, wait a few years and read a book about the thing. Anyway, you know, we can drain them of their money. If there is a company you don't like, stop supporting it. Um, we have a lot of power in this, and I, and I think... I think we, we, we do in many ways, and then in many ways we don't. For instance, uh, in public education, uh, where we are obviously uh, compelled to pay property taxes and other forms of taxation, and we have almost no say about what takes place in the classroom. So there are, in fact, areas of society, some of these institutions, that have been devoured by the progressives <clears throat> and do not allow... Uh, for any challenges, anything other than groupthink, and are not related to the marketplace. Can I tell you about property taxes? No, sir. I'm going to go on, but I do appreciate your call. Let us go to John, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Sirius Satellite. How are you, sir? I am well, Denali. Thank you for taking my call. It's a pleasure. Thank you, too. Appreciate it. I, I have to apologize for my deceit. I Uh-oh. called in on the liberal. I called in on the liberal line. I you did. Through on a regular. Uh, yeah, you're did. lucky I don't cut you. I'm sorry. I'm apologizing for it. No, no problem, sir. Thank you, Mark. I am just. I don't know if I'm livid. I don't know if I'm thoroughly disappointed. 
But I think that I believe that the cover-up of everything is happening right now with the appointment of Mueller. I believe that Mueller was appointed for the simple fact to keep this all under wraps to try and make it go away. I don't think mm-hmm. he's doing anything other than covering for Comey and for Rosenstein and for the DNC and for Hillary. And the deep state has has gotten far, far too powerful. And it, it concerns me. You know, this deep state's been around for a long time. We call it deep state. It's the administrative state. And the civil service was intended, according to the progressives, to professionalize the workforce. Now, in many cases, it has. But what it also does is it makes it virtually impossible to get rid of the deadweight, the lightweight, and the ideologues who bury themselves into the bureaucracy during the course of an administration. The Obama um, appointees, many of them, have buried themselves into the uh, administration. They have taken on the... Uh, uh, the the civil service uh, rules rather than remaining as political appointees and then all of a sudden you have all these rights and it makes it incredibly difficult to remove them my my gripe with the obama administration is you got a lot of people who are not uh, protected as uh, career civil servants and you're still letting them hang around including at the white house and everyone every damn one of them should be fired yeah i th- i think trump should start at the lowest level in the fbi and just start firing people on the way up the ladder until this stuff, until it irons out. Because there, there is, they cannot tell me that Rosenstein is not implicated in this. They cannot tell me that Comey is not implicated. They can't tell me that Mueller is not implicated in all this. They all knew what was going on. Yeah. All right, my friend. Well, I, I, they certainly... A lot of them know what's going on, and you would think they would be communicating with each other, wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Well, they would have to. They would mm-hmm. have to. I, this, this scandal is larger than than I think we can wrap our heads around. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. Excellent call. Let's slip in Gary, Annapolis, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking the call. And uh, you Thank are you. a uh, respite of sanity in an otherwise insane world and day. Like your other caller, I'm just flabbergasted. I, but I but I guess when I was talking to your screen, what really gets me, Mark, and I'm really interested in your opinion, is, you know, clearly the leadership in the Republican Party. I, I'm as disappointed in the Republican Party as I am in the Democratic Party. I kind of expect it from them. You're not going to get anything from McConnell. We're not going to get anything from Ryan. Uh, Corker and Flake are, are pretty much what their names state. Uh, McCain was a hero, but he's just a, he, he, he's he's past it. He really needs to go away. Uh, so I so I had a, a question I posed to your your screener. W- w- you know, we need a steel backbone now. We need somebody to say, "Hey, I might get fired." I I, I just don't understand Jeff Sessions' bark. You got to explain it to me. I Why can't. He- it, it could be the things are going on. Uh, you know, they don't announce all their investigations and so forth. Uh, But um, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that question. Thank you for your call, brother. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the cure. For the common liberal, talk to Mark now at 877-381-3811. 
Now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for some time, actually, as have many members of my family, as has my dog Barney, because they have mattresses for dogs, too, I would pick my Casper over every mattress I've ever had. It really helps me get the best night's sleep, period. I'm telling you, once you try Casper, you're going to love it. Switching to a Casper is a no-brainer. It's a higher-quality mattress at a more affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every night, much better than on the old overpriced mattress that I used to have. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how did they do that, sized box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights, it's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative brands in 2017. I want to make a challenge for you. Take your existing mattress, lean it against the wall, and order the Casper and try it. Put Casper to the test in your own home. You can try it for up to 100 nights risk-free. Just go to Casper.com, use code MARK. Make sure you use code MARK so you save $75 on your purchase. used to be $50, now it's $75. That's Casper.com, code MARK. Minimum purchase required. See site for details. Terms and conditions apply. But what I'm telling you is it will change your life. It really will. You will get great sleep if you're sleeping on a Casper mattress like I do. So uh, check it out. I know you're going to like it a lot. It's Casper.com. Use code MARK. And get 75 bucks off the uh, off your purchase. Okay. Let's continue, shall we? Ike. Miami, Florida, on the Mark Living app. Go! Uh, Mark, good evening. How are you, sir? Well, how are you? I am doing amazing. Thank you for being my carpool companion. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. Um, I'm from Israel. I've been here for about 20 years um, in this country, this glorious country. I served in the Army six years, three in the Sayeret Maktal, which is special forces, the equivalent of your Navy SEALs. What you were saying before about the woman serving in the army, when we put our young daughters into service, it is not something we're proud of. It is not something we glorify. It is because we're a small country and a small population surrounded by a billion people that want us dead. And when we do it, it is done with kid gloves. Most women are foot patrol in, inside the city. They do many bomb squad tasks, many administrative. But for a country to say, we want you, or we want to put you, by, to, to show a point of, of a social equalization, is so morally debasing. And when I was in the army, our units were separated. We never, never, we, we always felt a little tinge of, this shouldn't be the way. And if we had our way, and we can achieve peace over our enemies, we would never allow it. But it's a necessity. But to make it a joke and to say, let's throw them to see what they can do to show that they're on the same as a man, it's so shameful. And I'm so sorry that you even bring it up uh, to have to discuss it. Um, but again, I want to say thank you for all that you do for us. And I know you were in our country a few months ago, and I'm so happy you were there to see what a beautiful people we are. Uh, but I want to thank you again uh, for bringing up the topic and letting everybody know it's not something you're proud of, something you do to stay alive. 
Well, thank you for your points, and you make an excellent point. I haven't even thought of Israel is so small, and its population is so small, and the countries around Israel are so large, and their populations, for the most part, are so large. Uh, they need additional military personnel, and even there, there are limitations, limitations that are placed on uh, on what women can do. Thank you for your call, my friend. Uh, excellent. Absolutely excellent. Let's continue, shall we? Lynn, Las Vegas, Nevada, K-Dawn, our great affiliate, KDWN. Go. Yes, that's right. Hi, Mark. Oh, by the way, Georgie was his daughter. I called What's you that? a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I didn't hear you. To identify myself. I'm Georgie okay. Wood's daughter. I called you a few weeks ago. Oh, anyway, good to talk to you. Yeah, I wholeheartedly. I know who Georgie required. Woods is. Now go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. You mentioned that. Yeah, I um, oppose a requirement for women to sign up into the military. I was thinking, you know, when you brought up the subject and you had re- read the article, I, I can't remember as a little girl, and I don't remember any of my female friends wanting to grow up and get in, go into the army or become a warrior or go into the marines never ever not one it's just not in our nature i don't think i don't think it's in our nature to be a warrior and that's another thing does the draft mean that once women sign up that they would be required to serve first line of defense i don't know but oh. honestly is this what we want our women doing if women want to volunteer for the military and there are certain positions that women can hold based on a separate standard and criteria, okay, fine. But every young lady should be a subject to the draft? What kind of society have we become? No. Well, you know, again, the progressive destroy, want to destroy anything that's good. Mm-hmm. They take it away from us. And there's nothing wrong with the military, an all-male military. It's fantastic. We're the best in the world. Why do we want to diminish that? And I'm not trying to diminish women. Like anymore. I say, women can serve in certain positions, and they have certain support positions, in my view. I understand some of them are pilots and so forth and so on. Um, I don't even agree with that, for which I'm going to come under attack. But the point is, it's not that I'm against women. It's not that I'm against equality. That has nothing to do with this debate. Nothing whatsoever. All right, my friend, excellent call as always, and I much appreciate it. Let's take some more calls. I think we will. Greg, San Francisco, the great KSFO, go. Hey, Mark, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, my my main point is if you look at the the Olympics, uh, there's no direct uh, competition in the Olympics between a man and a woman. It's all well, that's a good point. Yep. And here you want to, and that's just sport. And here you want to put man against woman in a combat situation, shooting at one another. Or hand-to-hand combat? It's kind of absurd, isn't it? It is. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. And all I for, do. All for, as the, yeah, as, as the previous caller said, all just for progressivism to say it's equal. Yeah, and yet we have Republicans like McCain who have pushed this. We have the Pentagon under this president, which is proposing this. I mean, I, I think we got to get this government under control and um, stop even having to react to the hard left progressive agenda. Let them start to react to our agenda. Exactly. Get out on the offense. All right, my friend, I appreciate it. T.A., Columbia, South Carolina, the great WVOC, retired military. Go. Yeah, Mark, uh, I I, I want to reiterate what you said about the infantry. I was uh, stationed in Vietnam in an infantry battalion in 1970-71, and that that environment... The environment is no place for a woman. It's hard enough for a man, 
but when you put uh, put a woman a woman in that equation, that mix, um, it, it just just not going to work out. For instance, we would go out two to three weeks at a time with the clothes on our back, and we never got a change of clothes. And it was hotter than hell. You're out there in the heat. You're uh, you develop all kinds of skin rashes. Uh, uh, it, it just crashes. Uh, it's just just a terrible, terrible. You, we slept on the ground. You uh, you eat uh, you know food when you can get it. We had to drink water out of the damn uh, streams and rice paddies. It's just terrible. Uh, it's no place for a woman. All right, my friend. I'm with you. Appreciate your call. Let's continue. Charlie, Milton, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go. Uh, yes, sir. Here's my thing on equality, although I, I called about it, the Olinsky thing. But equality, here's my thing, is that, you know, here's the equality. Somebody's going to cut your head open and pull a tumor out, and somebody's going to ask you if you want fries for that. We're not all equal, you know. There's, and I, I realized my limitations years ago, and I'm not a surgeon, and I'm a little bit better than somebody who's going to serve you French fries. But here's the thing about Alinsky and this Obama stuff, because all this stuff that you're talking about earlier happened under Obama's watch. And ridicule is one of the things about Alinsky's tactics. And Obama w- would sit there and, and basically politely ridicule people, talking about like in Ferguson, Missouri, uh, talking about Cambridge, Massachusetts with the, with the professor and things like that. And here's, here, it all boils down to his Justice Department. Because what was his Justice Department doing? They were out looking for, I guess, you know, bad police instead of looking at what was going on in the upper echelons of their department uh, with, with Uranium One before that with the um, – I've lost my train of thought all of a sudden. But well, it, what you're here, saying is, and I thought about this, is they're going after local police uh, about abuse of power and all the rest of it. And yet when you look at their conduct and how they handle departments and agencies, including federal law enforcement, uh, they had a completely different take when it came to their exercising of power. Is that your point? Well, and, and here, yeah, well, the exercise of power is to looking into the stuff that, that with the, uh, if, you know, if, if, Mueller, if in fact Mueller and, you know, maybe Holder and Lynch knew about this Uranium One deal, about the, the, the thing with the, uh, the Trump dossier, what were they doing? If they knew about it and they knew it was wrong, then why was it going on? There was, I, it appears that under Obama's watch, it was completely devoid of leadership. No, no leadership whatsoever. And it was the ridicule. I think Obama would ridicule them into not doing anything. Well, instead of doing that, we'll go after, you know, somebody, somebody got shot in Chicago or something, or somebody got shot in Ferguson, Missouri. You know, it's, it's, it's the tactics of, 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 uh, you know, th- throwing whatever they can against the wall, I guess, and hoping something sticks. And, and meanwhile, Hillary Clinton and the DNC was out doing what they were doing and getting away with it. And now we're, you know, and, and they're just trying to destroy Trump, and Trump wasn't even president yet. You know, I mean, who knew he was, and I think after he, he won the presidency, which they were all shocked over, then they try to throw up this d- dossier stuff and collusion and all this other stuff. And, and Trump didn't benefit from anything like that. There's no, you know, to, to have collusion, you got to have a benefit from it. It's part of the part of the U.S. Code section, but but the Clintons, on the other hand, got all this money from these these nations, from Russia, from Saudi Arabia, from you know from who whatever, and where you know are we looking into that? Is Mueller going to look into that? Is Rosenstein going to look into that? Is no. Jeff Sessions going to do anything about it? 
because hold All right, buddy. <clears throat> I got your points. Very well taken. We'll be right back. Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your last chance for the Genesel Warehouse Clearance Sale from Chamonix. Only two more weeks to get double your order of Genesel free. Genesel is a plant natural stem cell treatment with advanced peptides for those annoying bags and puffiness under the eyes. And with its Genesel immediate effects, you'll see amazing results in less than 12 hours. Call now for your double to double your order of Genesel for free. If you don't see results, you simply don't pay. Genesel comes with a 100%, no questions asked, 60-day money-back guarantee. Wow. But it gets better. Call now for a two-month supply of the legendary Deep Firming Serum, also free. Call in the next 20 minutes and get a free two-month supply of Esotique RF, Chamonix's legendary wrinkle treatment free. That's four free gifts. Here's how you get them. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604, or visit Genesel.com. Double your Genesel order. Get the Deep Firming Serum and Esotique free for a limited time. Order right now and get a surprise luxury gift also free. That's five. 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. That's 800-SKIN-604. If you haven't tried this and you've heard me talk about it now for some time, I really want you to try it. 800-SKIN-604. 604. All right. Let's continue. We've had some excellent, excellent callers, I might say. I think I will say. All right. Let us go to, are there any, I need more women to call me about this. Mary, Capitola, California, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? Excellent. I agree with you regarding women in the in, infantry. There are just some positions that they don't have the same physical characteristics needed. For example, if you are a 250-pound man passed out from smoke in a fire, the difference between you living and dying, do you want a five foot four, 120-pound firefighter responsible for carrying you out or dragging you out? I mean, there's a case right there of political correctness could be the difference between life and death. Thank you. Take my answer off the air. Bye. Well, there's no answer. That was a that was a very good statement, I thought. Just my opinion. Let us continue. Let us go to let's see here. Greg, Florham Park, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Ah, oh, good evening, Denali. How are you? Very well. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. I'm sorry we missed you up in northern Jersey this year when you were, for your book signing. My mom wasn't feeling good, so we didn't make it up. We were up there before in deceit, though, before that. Thank you. Um, I, I don't think they're going to do too much about going after any of these guys in Congress because, you know, it, it was started by the Republicans. They sold it to the Democrats. All right, slow down. They, the Republicans, started No, a donor started it. Okay, a donor. The donor dropped it. The Democrat National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign picked it up. April 2016. It was two months later when Fusion GPS hired the British 
ex-spy. So even when the Republican donor was doing actual opposition research, it never went into other countries, it never went international, it never went through Britain, it didn't wind up in Russia. It's quite different, actually. I'm not excusing it, but it's quite different. So it got propagated by the for the Democrats. It went to a completely different level with the Democrats. Okay. Well, I, I just, you know, even still with all these guys on the committees, I don't see how anybody anybody in there has clean hands on anything. I mean, I mean. Well, even, I mean, I, I, I mean, there's some of that, but I, I would disagree with it to some extent here. There's no reason the Republicans wouldn't jump into this. They. Uh, other than that donor and whomever, the vast majority of them had nothing to do with this. And they they need to get to the bottom of this. This is a very, very serious matter as far as I'm concerned. The bastardization of the FBI uh, by the prior administration, uh, the phony media, and and uh, how it has, I mean, they're not going to investigate it, but it will become apparent by the way the media covers and so forth. So I think this is very, very important. It's in every federal department, the uh, Treasury, the NSA. All these guys, what about the Treasury? Where did they get this $60 million billion on a plane? Who signed off for that? Who signed the... I'm not I, following I, I, you. $60 billion for what? For the, uh, to give to Iran. I, that's a good question. Somebody it's a disgrace. Sure. Somebody has to sign that money out. What bank did it come from? How many banks did they have to take? Where do you get that much cash? I, I have to, I, if I get more than 5000 I think it was $1.7 billion. You're talking about the rest of it would have been part of the so-called Obama Corker Iran deal, so that would have been authorized. But 1.7 billion, you're absolutely correct. All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. Quickly, Susan Kelso, Washington, on Sirius Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. Hello. I just wanted to give a woman's point of view of the Quickly. women drafted. If women go into war, who's going to carry? children and give birth to children if women are killed off women in our country fight for the right to kill our unborn babies and so we have immigrants moving into the country and having six seven eight kids and our women are out fighting a war who's going to carry on all right appreciate your call a lot of interesting and good thoughts on this ladies and gentlemen i guess we're not lining up behind this idea nor should we There's no reason to. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Love Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Big election uh, in the Commonwealth of Virginia coming up, and in other states, too, on this off-year election, as they call it. All these statewide constitutional offices are up, including governor, lieutenant governor, and attorney general. Barack Obama came into Virginia to campaign for the Democrat. Um, Joe Biden came into Virginia to campaign for the Democrat. When I heard they were going to come into the state of Virginia to campaign for the Democrat, 
I offered the Republican, Ed Gillespie, to come on this program just uh, as a matter of fairness and equity for you liberals out there. And he's scheduled to come on the program at the bottom of the hour. The Democrats view this as a very, very important election, you know, so they can they can show that they're uh, in, uh, on the ascendancy. So we got to fight them. Got to fight them. You know, this Jeff Flake, he gives this speech on the floor of the Senate yesterday. I'm not going to talk about it at length again. You heard it. You know what he said. But the media that we talked about, remember the two institutions I'm talking about today that, that have, uh, that are rotten from within, that rotted from within, would be the highest levels of the FBI. Not the FBI agents, the highest levels of the FBI. And I believe many FBI agents are disgusted with what's happening to their agency. And the media. The media's conduct. They don't seem to have a problem with the transfer of 20% control of American uranium to Vladimir Putin. They don't have a problem with the Russians when the Clintons are making money and cutting deals. The Obama administration is cutting deals. No problem with the Russians then. But Jeff Flake gives a speech. Um, Jeff Flake, who could not win the Republican primary or re-election in Arizona, so he does his swan song. Here's the media montage to Jeff Flake, because Jeff Flake was doing a big media blitz yesterday and today. You're going to hear from CBS, MSNBC, CBS again, MSNBC again, uh, ABC, and NBC. Cut seven, go. You write, it is time to take a stand against Trump. If he is dangerous to democracy, as you say, should he be removed from office? I, I don't think any of those remedies are, are uh, justified. They're saying actions speak louder than words. What do you do now to actually make a change in the leadership? What do you do behind the scenes in the Senate? Uh, what can you do in politics going forward? You seem to be saying to your fellow Republicans, if you do not speak out now, this is so serious that you are complicit in the actions of the president. Well, there is a way that Congress can change this. Do you think Congress should be pursuing every avenue to uh, get President Trump out of office? No, I, I don't, I don't uh, want to go down that road. Are words enough, though, Senator? What should you and your colleagues be doing? It seems like, as you say, a lot of your colleagues may agree with you privately. Some are speaking out as well. But there also seems to be a pretty prevalent view that the party just has to stick together to get tax cuts. And I guess my question is, is that prize worth the price? Senator, is there a difference in your mind between a president who, and these are your words, undermines our democratic ideals and has a flagrant disregard for the truth and decency, and a president who is unfit to hold the office? See, see this is... It's predictable, it's lamentable, uh, it is destructive of the First Amendment and freedom of the press. Matt Lauer is a low IQ uh, TV presenter. He's a buffoon. He's a liberal. George Stephanopoulos, former Democrat operative, another buffoon, a liberal. All of them, liberal buffoons. And... Jeff Flake gave a speech, he goes on these shows, because he knows that this is his 15 minutes of fame. And then off he goes into the sunset. But he wants to do it on his terms. And his terms are to undermine 
the sitting president of his party. Sitting president of his party. And the media love it. The media give attention to Republicans like this all the time. That's why John McCain is endlessly on TV. That's why Bob Corker, a nobody, is suddenly a media creation. But once he retires and he heads off to Tennessee, nobody will remember him either, except for his dastardly deed with respect to the Iran deal. The Iran deal. Nobody asked Corker about that either. Now, as we speak, as I speak, ladies and gentlemen, your Republicans in Congress are quietly crafting a dreamer's deal. That's the way Politico put it. Uh, basically, I'll cut to the chase here. They're going to give amnesty to uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, illegal alien, not just children, people under the age of, what is it, 31, 35, something of that sort, who've been here since, I believe, 2000, uh, since before 2007. There'll be another amnesty push, I can assure you, to cover those who've been here since 2007 up to this point. It'll never end. And this, of course, is the ultimate death of the Republican Party, not from within, but from without. The vast majority of the immigrants who come into this country legally and illegally are not coming into this country uh, and voting Republican. We just had a study, a release, a report that was released that approximately 45%, 45% of the households in California uh, a foreign language is the first language. It's the language that's spoken in the household. And there are other states, New Jersey, New York, New Mexico, and so forth. You can imagine which ones that have uh, similar statistics, or similar enough. A country cannot survive if foreigners who come into the country are not assimilated into the culture, and that includes the language. You have to be able to communicate in one language. It doesn't mean you can't be bilingual, trilingual, whatever you want to be. But it means there is a national language, a code, so Americans can speak to one another, understand one another, enter into agreements with one another. How can you possibly understand the Constitution of the United States if you're illiterate in English? Or if your English is poor? How can you possibly understand? How can you possibly succeed? Some do, but most don't. And yet this it, balkanization, dressed up as multiculturalism and diversity, destroys a country. It's called tribalization. Many people have written about it. Many people have spoken about it. And many societies have died from it. Assimilation. That's the key word. I've brought it up over and over again. It's a word that I've promoted in several of my books. Assimilation. But when you have football players taking the knee during the national anthem, and you have people who are newly minted in this country, that is, have come to this country newly or, or, or recently, and they see football players taking a knee, they listen to the media in this country, trashing our country. Um, their kids go to school where our country's trashed, and so forth and so forth and so on. Rather than reinforcing our principles, our values, our beliefs, our traditions. Well, those people are hardly going to assimilate when you have ethnic front groups, legal groups that represent ethnic front groups, who insist that equality means that, that people do not assimilate. Well, then the country's destroyed from within. 
And the sick irony of all this is, people are coming into this country because they believe this country is better. Because they prefer this country. And this country, we mean the people and the culture. Otherwise, why come to America? If you believe your culture and your country is superior, why would you come to America? I believe America is superior. I'm not going to Guatemala. I'm not going to Bolivia. I'm not going to Honduras. I'm not going to China. I'm not going to Russia. I'm not going to Nigeria. What else? I'm not going to the Sudan. I'm not going to Saudi Arabia or Yemen. Hell, I'm not going to France or Germany and so forth. American, I'm staying right here. Why? Why is it the best country in the world? It's supposed to be a melting pot. That's what assimilation is all about. That's how people are treated equally, regardless of their background, their heritage, their color, their sex, or anything else. It's about assimilation. If you don't teach love of country, I didn't say love of government. If you don't teach love of country, that people should be patriots for their country, that there should be a tingly feeling that goes down their leg, preferably their neck and their back, when they hear the national anthem, when they see the flyovers with the jet, when they the jets, when they watch the color guard and so forth. If that's not happening, then a country can't survive. That's why this battle is so important. The Republicans in Congress, we know about the Democrats, the Republicans in Congress and most of them who are president of the United States have it all wrong. They talk about what's in the best interest of a small handful of individuals who've come into this country illegally. No fault of their own. Well, it's not our fault either. But that's not the priority. The priority is the country. The country. Rule of law. Law and order. Assimilation. I'll be right back. about Upside. Upside is properly named. Do you work for a business, small business, medium business, large business? Do you own a business? You know, business travel is a game of wins and losses. An open seat next to you on your flight, that's a win. A reclining seat in front of you, that's a loss. Buying your business trip at Upside.com That's a big-time win. In fact, it's not just a win, it's a triple win. Upside has the absolute best available prices for flights, hotels, and rental cars. That's win number one. Win number two is how Upside rewards you with a gift card to places like Amazon.com every time you buy a business trip. And the third win is their amazing six-star treatment. You get six-star treatment. From Upside's Navigators. That is, their customer service specialists. This is an entirely new way of business travel. Navigators are instantly accessible 24-7 on the Upside app, even reaching out so you can avoid a problem before it happens. I'm going to help you out right now. Go to Upside.com. Upside.com. Use my code Mark, and you'll get a $100 gift card to Amazon.com. That's code Mark 
for a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com when you buy your next business trip at Upside.com. Upside.com, you deserve a better business trip. You deserve the best prices. And, of course, you can get that gift card. Minimum purchase required. See the site for complete details. But by all means, go to the site. Check it out right now. Upside.com. You have nothing to lose. In fact, you have a lot to gain. Tracy, Riverhead, New York, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for everything you do. Um, thank you, sir. It's such a pleasure. And uh, CRTV is lights out the best money I've ever spent. Uh, it's so nice to be able to watch programming like that. I appreciate that very much. Well, thank um, you. My question, it may be a little far afield, but... Uh, if you follow me on it, um, with this Uranium One deal, from what I understand, um, the Russian from, uh, what was it, uh, the trucking company? or American. That's right. his name. Yeah, he only, uh, they only got him on four counts of money laundering, right? That's what it sounds like. Right. Well, now, what about the, because um, all these crimes occurred over you know, basically across the country, trucking the uranium um, with him, you know, with the Russians extorting the trucking company and um, the uh, nuclear power plants, mm-hmm. you know, fixing the price, money laundering. Mm-hmm. If the feds won't do anything on this or, you know, they want to just, you know, let it die a slow death, couldn't the state's attorney general, uh, the different in the different states, and the state legislatures wouldn't, I mean, it's all felonies, so the statute of limitations should still apply. And the company- Well, the guy's in prison. The guy's in prison now. But my concern is, are these, these the, the fact that they conveyed this stuff, and that the people who were really behind it, the politicians and the public officials, they need to be held to account. Right, well, that's what I mean. I mean, you know, the... For it to just involve federal politicians, you know, because there's all different state licensing. There's federal licensing. There's state licensing to transport that stuff and handle it and everything. And, you know, the drivers have to be specially licensed. So the states get, you know, their piece of the pie. So there's there's got to be other people involved in these crimes that occurred throughout the states. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of Republican legislatures and Republican um, attorney generals, governors, it would seem to me that, you know, you're looking at, it's basically like a, a big mob um, conspiracy, you know, mm-hmm. like the old mafia conspiracies. The states would go after them to put pressure on the federal government, like if, you know, what, you know whatever states it occurred in, like, say, Nevada or whatever. People well, what would the state do? Well, they'd investigate the extortion. Uh, because if he only pled out, to, you know, if, he, if they only charged him with money laundering, that still leaves extortion. This is a very interesting point you bring up as I'm noodling over it. Yes, we ought to see if there's some state violations. The left does this all the time in the environmental area and the social justice, quote-unquote, area. I think this is a good idea. In other words, let's see what states uh, that may be affected by this. And if we have conservative attorneys general then they ought to take a look at this and see if there's anything related to their state criminal codes. I like your idea. Absolutely. And, um, you know, since 
the Obama administration didn't even bother telling Congress about it. I highly doubt they advised the governors or the states that, you know, where these crimes took place, where, you know, you would think if it's a corrupt organization, you know, in theory, they could go after the Russians to recoup, mm -hmm. you know, money from it, I, you know, in a, in a weird way. It'll to do something. Tracy, I like your call. And it says you're a retired cop. God bless you, my friend. How much time do I have, Rich? Quickly, Lee, Norfolk, Virginia, retired military. I have one minute. Go. Uh, just calling real quick to say that I do not support women in combat roles, but do support them being drafted. Well, I think if women want to serve in the military, they can volunteer for the military. But I, I reject this drafting of women. We have never done it before, and I don't believe we should start it now. And by the way, Lee, just because we say or you say they should be drafted but not in combat roles, what's to stop a Democrat president from saying, well, now we have them drafted, and yes, combat roles? Uh, honestly, hopefully a, a strong Congress. Yeah, well, good luck with that. And by the way, Lee, thank you for your service, my friend. When we come back, we're scheduled to have Ed Gillespie. He's running for governor of Virginia, and it's a key race on an off-year election. We'll be right back. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, the race for governor in Virginia obviously has very, very important implications for the people in Virginia, but it actually has implications for, the pe for people all over the country. It, uh, it could set a trend. Uh, I remember when this happened about eight years ago or so. Uh, so it's uh, a pleasure to have Ed Gillespie on the program. He's running for governor of Virginia as obviously the Republican against Ralph Northam, who's the Democrat. Ed, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on your show. Good to be back with you. It's my pleasure. Um, what are the top three issues that you uh, are talking about that you hear in Virginia? Uh, the economy and jobs, number one, our growth rate is 0.6%, and we're 39th out of 50 states in economic growth and 44th out of 50 states in wage growth. And too many Virginians are moving out of Virginia, in particular our young graduates from our high schools and colleges and universities. We've had three straight years where more people moved out of Virginia than into Virginia, and last year 51% of those who moved out took a four-year college degree with them. And so... There's economic anxiety in parts of our Commonwealth. There's economic pain, Mark. In, in Southwest Virginia, coal country, you know, it's awful what's going on there. And Southside Virginia, the rural parts of our Commonwealth are, are really not doing well. And I've got a plan to create jobs and raise take-home pay. A 25% increase in job creation would be the result of my across-the-board tax cuts, which we haven't had here since our rates were put in place 45 years ago. Wow. But the number one thing is, uh, is jobs in the economy. Uh, the second thing is schools and the need to improve our public schools. And to improve our public schools, we need more competition and more choice for parents. And that includes public charter schools and education savings accounts and allowing our homeschool children to participate in our public school programs. And I support all of those things. And then the third thing I would say is probably a, a tie maybe between transportation issues and in, in northern Virginia and Hampton Roads, the southeast part of our state, you know, Chesapeake and Virginia Beach and Norfolk and Newport News, uh, the 
you know, the traffic there and in Northern Virginia is awful. We need, we need, uh, congestion relief. And, and, and the other thing we're battling here, like in other states, is the opioid and heroin epidemic. And we have on average four Virginians, believe it or not, every day on average die from opioid or heroin overdose. So those are the things I hear most about as I travel the Commonwealth. And, you know, I've got a plan for each and every one of those things to make life better for all Virginians. You know, Ed Gillespie, you have a plan, and then I watch these commercials on TV with Ralph Northam. Now, I must say, I've lived in this state for many, many years. I didn't know who the hell this guy was six months ago, and he's the lieutenant governor of Virginia. Um, and they keep running on abortion. Let me ask yeah. you something. Regardless of one's opinion on abortion, does a governor have the power to outlaw abortion since Roe v. Wade? Yes or no? No, your authority is limited in that regard, obviously. There are things you can do, but you can't outlaw abortion as a governor. And yet they're running these commercials saying you're going to outlaw abortion. Then I'm watching commercials uh, that the Democrats are running. I want the whole nation to know this saying. One guy says, I want to outlaw bazookas and machine guns. Well, you can't buy a bazooka today, and if you want to buy a machine gun, you got to go through the feds, and it's a rather uh, 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 complex process and so forth. They're throwing the red meat to their base. They're trying to figure out how to get their base out, aren't they, Ed Gillespie? They are. There's not much enthusiasm on their side right now, and for Ralph Northam, honestly, in Virginia, not much enthusiasm. You're not alone in that regard, Mark. And, you know, he's been our lieutenant governor for four years. He was a state senator for six years before that, but... He's not made a mark, and uh, nobody really knows who he is. And the truth is, in his job now, he doesn't show up. And and he he's missed over 60% of the – as lieutenant governor, you sit on the Virginia Economic Development Partnership, which is the, the commission in, in Richmond that really is supposed to identify how we're going to get our economy growing again. He missed over 60% of the meetings while he's been sitting there as lieutenant governor. Didn't show up. Uh, the Center for Rural Virginia is the, is the panel that tries to identify what are we going to do to help get broadband, for example, into, into the rural parts of our state. And he missed every single one of those meetings as lieutenant governor. He's on that uh, commission as part of his job. And another part of his job is the Homeland Security panel that we have here, the panel uh, for secure homeland and uh, for secure commonwealth. He didn't attend a single one of those meetings, so I'm not surprised you haven't heard him. Uh, you know, but in, in you know the, the real world, when... You don't show up for work. You don't get a promotion. You, you know, you don't even get a participation trophy. But uh, that's probably one of the reasons you haven't heard of him. He's not doing the job he's in right now. But one of the things he has done, if I'm if I'm watching this correctly, is he has supported sanctuary cities in the state of Virginia. Is that correct? That is correct. There was a vote in our state senate, and he cast a tie-breaking vote against a bill that would ban the establishment of sanctuary cities in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And we don't need sanctuary cities here. We don't want them here. They will not make us safer. We have a real problem with gang violence, and in particular in Northern Virginia, as you know, Mark, with MS-13. We've had eight MS-13-related murders in Northern Virginia since November. Uh, there's uh, the, the Washington Post just did a fact check on me yesterday because I said there were 2,000 MS-13 gang members in Fairfax County alone, where I live, Turns out uh, there's 2,000 gang members. 1,400 of them are MS-13, and mm-hmm. that's more MS-13 gang members than there are Fairfax County police officers. And so uh, it is a huge problem. And when someone commits a crime and they're here illegally, they need to be deported. In in compliance with our federal immigration laws, and our cities and counties need to cooperate with federal authorities and ICE 
in order for those people to be deported. And if you allow for sanctuary cities, that will not make us safer. And, and I would sign a bill to ban sanctuary cities, and he celebrated Governor McAuliffe's veto of that bill. And that's a key difference in this election on November 7th. Uh, you know, my policies will make us safer. And that's one of the reasons I'm endorsed by the Police Benevolent Association, the Fraternal Order of Police, and and well over a majority of our sheriffs all across the Commonwealth of Virginia. In the last uh, race for governor, um, you almost won. And uh, Senate, Senate in 14. I meant Senate, I'm sorry. Yeah, and you yeah, surprised the yeah. pundits. You, you surprised the pundits. And you could have won if the turnout had been a little bit larger. So these off-year elections, the turnout is crucial. What are you going to do to turn out your base? Well, we've Other got than appear on my show. <laughs> well, that won't hurt at all. That's going to help. But uh, <laughs> we've got a great volunteer army out there. We call them the G-Force. And, and the G-Force has knocked over one and a half million doors already. We know where our voters are, and we know how to turn them out. And they're motivated, and they're, there's a lot of enthusiasm and intensity, and I feel it growing. You may have seen a poll just came out this afternoon that has me up eight in this race. And, you know, I'm not sure that's accurate, but I know I'm up, and, and you know, we have overtaken my opponent because we are gaining momentum and surging at exactly the right time with 13 days to go, and I can feel it everywhere I go. I was working the the shipyard in Newport News where we build America's great aircraft carriers and submarines. We proudly build those here in Virginia. And I was there at uh, 5.30 a.m. till about 7.15 working that gate, talking to the workers as they were coming in to, for their shift. And I can tell you the response I got there was very encouraging to me. And that's a good sign. That's better than any poll or focus group. I can tell you that, Mark. Mm-hmm. Any final words, Ed Gillespie? Yeah, for the Virginians listening, you know, this is a really critically important election. And I I know every four years, you know, folks come on your show and say this is the most important election in, in Virginia's, you know, in our lifetime. And this is the most important election in our lifetime. I mean, Virginia is either going to stay stuck. That data point I shared about our economy is not an aberration. Five of the last six years, our economic growth has been below 1%. Or we're going to change things and, and get where we need to be and where we should be, which is first in the nation in economic growth and job creation. But this this election in 13 days is not about the next four years. It's about the next 30 years. And so the Virginians out there, and I know there are many listening, really important to get out and vote on November 7th. Our, our, the future of the Commonwealth we love depends on it. If people want to help your campaign or donate to your campaign, where do they go? And go to my website, which is edforvirginia.com, all letters, edforvirginia.com. And right up there on the right-hand side, top right-hand side of the homepage, is a big fat donate button. <laughs> but there's also ways to get involved in in our coalitions. We've got veterans for Ed and homeschoolers for Ed and entrepreneurs for Ed and women for Ed. Lots of ways to get involved in the campaign. We can go on there and click and get a, a yard sign and a bumper sticker, and all those things matter. They make a difference, and and uh, would welcome folks to. And you can also check out all my policies. Twenty detailed, specific policy proposals. That'll be good for all Virginians, and uh, it's edforvirginia.com. But people from all over the country can donate, right? They can indeed, and uh, and it is, I, you know, your point is a good one, Mark. This race is about Virginia, and that's why I'm running. Uh, but, look, the whole country is watching, and, and the money is pouring in from the left. Six million dollars from Planned Parenthood to defeat me. Three million dollars from Tom Steyer, the liberal billionaire from California. Two million dollars from Michael Bloomberg and his gun control group, and you know, 
$2 million from the League of Conservation voters. And, I mean, the left is pouring in here like you would not believe. But I know that liberal out-of-state money on the air cannot defeat conservative Virginians on the ground. And that's what we have is this great volunteer army. But uh, folks want to give. That would help us fend off this onslaught from these liberal outside groups. All right, Ed Gillespie, we wish you the best. And um, I, I hope all the Levinites out there will make sure they're registered and get ready and bring out family and friends and vote for Ed Gillespie. We wish you all the best. Thanks, Mark. Great to be back with you. Thanks for making time for me with your listeners tonight. Really appreciate it. Well, you're very welcome. God bless. Now, I would flat out endorse Ed Gillespie, but I'm afraid they'd make a commercial out of it, Mr. Producer, on the left. Uh, but, of course, uh, I will be voting for Ed Gillespie. And the entire... We, we've got some good candidates. Uh, there's a lady running for lieutenant governor. Her name is Vogel. Solid as a rock. There's a gentleman running for attorney general. He's got the perfect name. His name is John Adams. He's never held public office before. This is a pretty good lineup uh, as compared to the Democrats. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Nothing, nothing is as essential as protecting your family and home. But getting traditional home security can be a punishing and expensive task. Now there's a better way. Protect your home and family with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe got rid of everything that makes home security a hassle. They make it easy for you. There's no long-term contract, there are no obligations, and you can cancel any time. And of course, it's cutting-edge technology, no wiring whatsoever. Simply Safe earns your business every day with incredible service. This is award-winning home security. Tech magazine CNET calls it better, smarter home security. Simply Safe protects your home around the clock with 24-7 professional monitoring. And if there's trouble, they'll send the police. This service costs just $15 a month with Simply Safe. That's three times less than what the other guys charge. There are no hidden fees. Protect your home and your family today. You can buy Simply Safe at your local Best Buy and have your home protected by tonight. Or better yet, visit simplysafemark.com for a special 10% off your system. 10% off. That's simplysafe.com for 10% off your home security system. Simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. Man, oh, man, You really ought to get it. Protect your family and your home. Let us go to Van, Walnut Creek, California, the great KSFO. Go. Hi, uh, Mark. Uh, thank you very much. I first want to thank you very much for what you're doing. I'm a fairly long-time listener. Thank and you. what I wanted to mention to you is you're right on topic with this tonight. I'm going back over 50 years to tell you about my parents who were born in Slovakia, in 1896 and in, uh, in, in 1912, my mother was born in Hungary. When I was six, both of them came over here. My father on his own when he was 12 years old, the family that already lived here. And when he uh, got here, he educated himself and uh, went on and uh, grew up and became a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a machinist for Sperry Rand Corporation where the United Nations was uh, 
built, built in you know, Long Island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was 16, I knew that I, he was suddenly, I, I realized he was speaking, he could speak other languages, up to six other languages. And I said, Dad, wow. why didn't I learn these? He says, Van, we're Americans, we speak English. And that's mm -hmm. what just he told me. And now my mother, who was brought over here by her father, who played soccer for the Hungarian national team for the king and queen before the First World War, was brought here to promote soccer to Cleveland. And then my mother luckily went to New York and met my father. She was speaking, whenever we go back, I was 12 years old at the time, we would go back by train and she would visit with her mother and they spoke Hungarian. Now they both mm -hmm. spoke English, but they felt comfortably speaking Hungarian. But your point is, at home, they spoke English, and that's what they taught you, correct? Yes, but wait, one more point. One more okay. point, final point. On the on a returning trip, my mother turned to me and she said, Van, you know how I spoke to Hungarian with Mom and Grandma? I said, yes. She said, I was translating into English this time. That's Because normally you translate to your native language. All right, Van, got a roll. Much appreciated. Excellent point. And a wonderful family history, too, by the way. Bill, Raleigh, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hello, Mark. I'm calling in reference to the uh, drafting our daughters. I have two two granddaughters. One's a senior in high school. One's a junior. This is a subject that's uh, you know very near and dear to my heart. I've written two blogs on the issue, uh, and basically, it's pretty easy to connect the dots. You get a radical secular society that blurs the difference between men and women. The Supreme Court uh, uh, legalizes gay marriage. Then Ashton Carter. Uh, direct, uh, announced a directive to integrate mil women into all military roles. Uh, and uh, and John McCain supports a draft for women. Yes, he does. And then there was an extensive nine-month military course gender integration task force study that evaluated this. Mm -hmm. mixed gender units and 100, for 134 combat uh, activities and 69% of the uh, activities all male units outperformed the women, a mixed unit, and only on two tasks did a mixed unit outperform the men. But, on, but even with that information, the commandant of the Marine Corps and the Army Chief of Staff endorsed registering women for the draft. And then on top of that, right after that, Eric Fanning was confirmed as Secretary of the Army, who was the first openly gay head of the service. And then during that same period of time... And hold on now. Who nominated him? I'm just curious. I don't know. I don't have that information. But he well, was... Is, is he still Secretary of the Army? I don't have that information. All right. Mark. I got a roll. We're running out of time. <clears throat> I am more concerned with women being drafted into the military, not everybody else's uh, bugaboo or issue or concern and so forth and so on. It's a specific issue. No, I don't believe women should be drafted into the military. I do not believe that. And if some women believe they can serve in certain parts of the services, then go ahead, volunteer, and, and try. Uh, as long as it's not a frontline combat position, either. But that's quite different than requiring women to be drafted into the military. Don, Lake, Ron Konkmar, buddy, WABC, quickly, go right ahead. Hey, Mark, I'm with you. No drafting for women. Now listen, one of the magnificent things about America is that there's supposed to be equal uh, justice under the law. Now, I wanted to know, Mark, uh, what do you think is the first thing Jeff Sessions should do regarding this, uh, the evidence of this DNC Hillary involvement in this Russian, this Russian dossier? 
Well, I think what he should do is obviously pick one of his units. It could be the public integrity unit uh, or whatever he wishes to pick and investigate it. Uh, it could be the U.S. Attorney's Office in Washington, D.C. that investigates it. Because People keep asking me why Jeff Sessions hasn't done this or that. I have no idea, and I don't know that he's not doing these things. I just don't know. All right, Don, I appreciate your call. Don's a good friend, by the way. Been with this program since the very first. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. We have a great Levin TV for you tonight. I hope you'll check it out. It starts in a few minutes. And I'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Be well. Be well.